Hello again, this is Brian Copeland talking, and welcome to Copeland's Corner. And uh, before we get to headliners and the headlines, I, I got to tell you, I, I, I'll admit it. I, I will fess up and I will admit it. I am scared. You know, I'm not used to being scared. I'm used to there being certainty in the world and being able to rely on the infrastructure of this country to protect us and to keep us, at the very least, to keep us safe. Now, we're looking at a number of potential deaths that that I I can't wrap my head around as far as this coronavirus is concerned. On Tuesday, the administration made its priorities clear when they announced that uh, they'd be closing down the coronavirus task force and declaring victory. And it's it's despite the fact that White House models estimate that 3,000 Americans a day will be dying by June 1st. 3,000 Americans a day. That's a 9-11 a day. That's how many people we lost on 9-11. 3,000 a day. And this is so Trump can shift into campaign mode and can talk about, try to change the subject and talk about other things. And I don't know how you change the subject and talk about other things when you get 3,000 people a day dying. Now, as I record this on Wednesday, this morning, uh, he reversed course and says that the coronavirus task force will now stay in place and the focus is going to be on reopening the economy and finding a vaccine. But the fact of the matter is, the, the, the very fact that he was ready to close it, I guess the outcry uh, from everybody was so loud that he realized that politically he had no, no choice but to keep the uh the the task force open um are americans really willing to stand for are americans really willing to put up with 3000 deaths a day and where that 3000 death a day comes from is the reopening of the economy in several of the red states and in several of these states that have reopened their economies and done so early in in violation of the White House's own guidelines of, of uh, 15 days of uh, reduced new coronavirus cases, uh, those places are all now seeing increases. They're all seeing spikes in the number of new cases. Um, testing is nowhere close, nowhere close to where it needs to be in order to open up the country. Tracing meaning, you know, finding out who has been in contact with people who have known to be exposed is nowhere near where it needs to be at this point. We've got rampant disease running through nursing homes, running through prisons, running through meat packing plants, infecting thousands and thousands of people who then go home and bring the virus home to their families. Yet again, all the talk is about, well, you know, some people are going to die, but we need to reopen the economy. 80% of Americans, 80% of Americans support the shelter in place and, and support the, the, the businesses being closed down for now, realizing it's not a it's not a, a a permanent thing. You know, if it's a choice between making a buck and being alive, I mean, I'll take being alive. But Republican governors don't care. These are primarily states with Republican governors, and they're sycophants. 
and they've got basically two agendas. Agenda number one is kissing Trump's ass. I mean, that's really what the first agenda is. And the second agenda is to help him be reelected. And I'll be honest and tell you, I just don't see how that happens. However, I didn't see how it happened the first time. So I could be wrong. Nobody saw this coming the first time. We've got a whistleblower who came forward yesterday with evidence that warnings about the pandemic and the devastation that the disease could potentially cause was met with indifference or downright hostility by this administration. Yet Trump wants a second term. As I said, 80% of Americans want shelter in place to remain. And Trump is pushing protests against it. And he's pushing protests against his own administration's guidelines for political purposes, yet he wants a second term. Yet 30 million Americans unemployed right now. And we're looking at not just a, a recession. You know, every job, every job created since the Great Recession in 2008 has been erased over the course of the last six weeks. So we're not just looking at a recession. We're looking at a potential depression. I mean, we're looking about we're looking at, at, at potentially the situation our grandparents and great grandparents used to tell us about. You know, we're looking at standing in bread lines. We're looking at people not being able to, to, to pay their rent and pay their mortgage and ending up homeless. Yet Trump wants a second term. You know, the projection now, now that you have these states that have reopened before they before they're they're ready to reopen you're looking at 200,000 new cases a day by June 1st as i said they're looking at 3,000 deaths a day we're looking at 200,000 new cases of coronavirus per day by the 1st of June you have over 100,000 americans who are going to be dead for no damn good reason in a very short period of time yet trump wants a second term so if you are one of those people, and I, I can't believe that those people still exist today, who believe that it doesn't matter who's the president, who believe that uh, politics don't apply to them and don't apply to them you know, directly, and that doesn't matter who's in there, they're just all going to do the same thing, it's time for you to wake up and get off your behind and to do something, because this is not normal. And for us to accept this kind of death and this kind of de of devastation, and for no damn good reason, is it's not okay. And we need to get this man out of the White House. I flat out say it. We need to get this man out of the White House. And you need to do whatever you can to do your part, whether that is phone banking, whether that's going to a a red district and knocking on doors and canvassing, whatever it is that you can do in order to motivate people. If it's getting your friend who never votes because your friend b believes that it doesn't matter and it doesn't directly apply to him, 3,000 deaths a day and 200,000 new cases a day of coronavirus do in fact uh, apply to and affect him, get him to vote. But the bottom line here is, is we need a change in leadership. I shouldn't even say we need a change in leadership. We need leadership. There is no leadership here. I mean, here you got the president of the United States who says, it's not my fault. Actually came out and said, it's not my fault. You ever heard any, any president say, it's not my fault? You ever heard presidents say, the buck stops here? 
or I'm in charge, so I'm responsible, even though I ordered this this operation, that, that operation that didn't work. It, I'm, I'm the one who's responsible. But never, hey, it's not my fault. There's no leadership here. There should be federal coordination. There should be federal coordination taking care of all 50 states uh, in terms of, of the equipment that the first responders need and in terms of dealing with what each individual state needs based upon the the level of outbreak in in their their cities and their counties and their their communities but it's not there because we don't have leadership because we have a talk show host not a talk show host forgive me i don't mean to insult talk show hosts we have a game show host as the president of the united states and it's, it, it, this is no longer folly. People are dying who shouldn't be dying. So you need to do your part and do what you can to get this man out of the White House. This is the part of the podcast we call Headliners on the Headlines. With me on the Copeland's Corner Live Line comedians, Lauren Mayer, Irene Tu, and Justin Lockwood. Welcome back, everybody. Good to have you. Hey. Hey. All right, let's let's start with the first question, and that is how how you doing? How's everybody holding up? Irene? Um, I'm okay. Um you know, I'm I don't know how long we've been in quarantine now. I'm just tired. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's funny. I'm tired too. And why am I t- tired from what? I know. We're not doing anything, but I'm just like exhausted. I mean, maybe it's a mental fatigue. Hi, how are you doing, Lauren? Uh, it's funny you should mention that um, the song I'm doing this week is called Quarantine Brain. And I thought maybe it was just me, but I looked it up and there is a thing. It's it's that feeling of being foggy because our normal routines are disrupted. So there's a reason we're all tired and, and I'm definitely feeling it. No, I can't tell you how many weeks we've been locked up. I don't remember. And, and I can't remember days of the week. Yes. That's the other thing I forget. Is it, is it Tuesday? Mm-hmm. You know, because certain things you do on certain, you know, I grocery shop usually like on, on Wednesdays or Thursdays, you know, and I, and I, f- I forget what day of the week it is because yeah. I don't, I don't have my normal, you know, things that I do on particular days. Well, and it doesn't matter, you know, so no. there's no, you're only <laughs> no. has limited capacity. So Justin, how are you and how's your son? Oh, we're, we're good. Uh, it's funny. We were Shiloh and I, my, my nine-year-old, we were talking about this yesterday that uh, it's this weird feeling of waking up and feeling like I have all of these things that I need to do. And then I go to do them and there's nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Shiloh and I have started making YouTube videos together. Uh, so we're learning some video editing, trying to That's keep cool. ourselves busy. Uh, he's very excited. He thinks we're going to be famous. I'm trying <laughs> to lower his expectations. <laughs> I will tell you the good thing. And you're probably seeing this too, even though you guys were already tight, you and your son, you and Shiloh were already tight. And that is I'm, uh, I'm sheltered with my, my youngest who's 25 and uh, and and we're uh, uh, it's not that we weren't close, but we're we're a lot closer now than we were before. You yeah, know, we, got, we got our routine, and we do, we watch movies together, and we do stuff together, and uh, it's it's nice having him home. You know, he's twenty five years old. You live you you're out living your own life. It's nice having him home. No, we've had some really some really nice time together. Some really nice moments. 
and I, I baked a cake yesterday. My very wow. first time baking a cake yesterday, and I'm not a baker. I, I, I discovered that. It tastes okay. It just came out looking all lopsided. So I can't, <laughs> I, I, I can't bake. <laughs> all right. Well, let's start off this week with a, I'm going to start off with an assignment for you. Okay. And I, I, I will set this up. Um, yesterday, Trump went to the Honeywell factory in Arizona, which is where they're making masks. Uh, it's at the mask factory mm. in Honeywell. And he didn't wear a mask, by the way. He wore goggles. Explain that to me. I don't know. But in the in the background, they played Live and Let Die. And he never caught on, apparently. They were playing. That was the music that was playing overhead was Live and Let Die. So here is your assignment. Your assignment is by the end of the podcast. Tell me what song you would play. Okay, so I'm giving you time to think about it. Tell me what song by the end of the end at the end of the podcast, what song would you have played had you been the one in charge of music during Donald Trump's visit? Okay? Okay. Okay. All right. So we've got several states, uh, several red states that have opened or are about to c- completely open and let people do whatever it is they want. Um, some of the rules here in the state of California are going to be reduced. Would you go to a restaurant right now if if the governor said it was okay? Would you go to a sit-down restaurant right now? I wouldn't. No, absolutely not. No, I can't see I can't see doing that. No, um about all we're doing is trying to order takeout from Asian restaurants every week because they've been the target of a bunch of stuff, so Yeah, yeah. yeah I want to keep restaurants in business, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I hate to say that, but it it is it, it is almost Darwinism. I yep. mean, if if you're going to completely ignore science, and well, well, the thing that drove me crazy was that Michigan thing where you had all those guys show up, all these all these. I guess they had been Tea Party militia back during the Obama administration. Showed up at the state house carrying AK-47s and screaming and not wearing masks and screaming in the faces of security. And I'm thinking, what would happen if instead of a group of white yahoos doing this, this had been a group of black men with AK-47s in the state capitol? Would it have would they have been allowed to go on their merry way? You know, coming and yelling, screaming, they'd be dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, these are always the same guys, too, who are telling black and brown people that if they're just respectful and do what they're told with the police, everything will be fine. Yeah, yeah. Everything will be fine. As long as, as, long as you do, just, just, be, just be polite. Just be polite and comply. Did you see that story, by the way? And this, uh, this is just an aside. Uh, the story of, of the jogger that got killed, and I think it was in Georgia. Yes. Oh, is that God, unbelievable? Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's like Trayvon Martin in that he's yeah. 25 years old. He's jogging, right. minding his own business. And this op, ex-cop and his son, ex-cop, not on duty, decide that he looks like a suspect. He looks like somebody who's in burglarizing houses. So they're going to make a citizen's arrest and detain him and end up shooting him dead. And and the, the grand jury now is finally going to decide whether or not they'll be tried for murder. Finally going to decide. This happened back in February. So we're what? We're three months since yeah. this happened? I mean, it's just, you know, it, 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 it doesn't change. It goes on and on. Um, no, you know, they're going to get invited to the White House pretty soon. <laughs> invited? They're going to get the, the Presidential Medal of Honor at yeah. the White House pretty soon. 
Some good news, California just had its first week-over-week drop in coronavirus deaths. Uh, Between April 20th and 26th, there were 542. The following week, last week, there were only 495. So that's good news that the number's dropping. But how sick is it that we're happy that there were only 495 deaths? I mean, how, I mean, I thought about that. Oh, wow, this is great. What's wonderful news. And I thought, wait a minute. I'm happy that there were only 500 people killed. Everything's got a silver lining. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, you're happy that the death count is going down. And the other thing we're happy about is it's proving that Gavin Newsom and the California is, is correct in how we handle things. Mm -hmm. So, um, and we're doing better than Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yes, we. Are. I, have a, I have a cousin who lives in Georgia, oh, who is just who is just lives in Atlanta, who's just scared to death. Yeah, he's just scared to death, and and you know, again, rightfully so. You know, if you're going out there, you most people are still not going to stay home. I asked you about restaurants. Would you, would you go to Would you go to a mall? You know, those those malls are going to be open. Some of these places. Would you Would you go to a mall? I wouldn't go to a mall. No. I, I would you go to a movie theater? I, I certainly would. I'd go to a drive-in. Yeah. But there are yeah, none left. They, they just opened those back up. There's like two that are open in the Bay right now. The oh, are there? Yeah. yeah I love the drive-in. Yeah. There's like one in Concord, and I forgot where the other one is. Like it might be somewhere in South Bay. They're opening the one in Concord again? Oh, that's yeah. great. San Jose is the other one that opened because my husband oh, yeah. in San Jose. It's like, oh, good. We could have a date night. <laughs> well, the only problem is they don't make cars with trunks big enough to sneak anybody in anymore. So that's the that's the downside. <laughs> that's the downside of the drive-ins. Uh, L.A. Times op-ed. And what's your thoughts on this? L.A. Times op-ed this morning asks whether or not it's time for Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks to quit on principle and speak their minds. Because, you know, they've obviously made the calculation that they're they're more valuable on the inside than on the outside. But you see their faces as Trump stands up and says crazy crap about, you know, injecting disinfectants. And and then, you know, the, he says things that are just factually untrue and, and, and ignorant. And they've either got to correct him or stand there and hold their tongues. Um, so on general principle, do you think they should quit? that they should quit, in which case then they're free to speak to whoever they want to talk to. Problem is if they quit, he's going to replace them with Jared Kushner. Exactly. Yeah. He's just going to replace them with somebody worse and not even a doctor. Yeah. So they, so they should stay. And I mean, it's not, I mean, you had, for example, you had Dr. Burks. That that was the most painful thing to watch was Dr. Burks on the week, the weekend talk shows trying to defend the disinfectant remark. You know, when he asked her about disinfectants, and she's trying to defend it. Well, you know, he was just musing out loud. You know, this is it. That's his thinking process. His thought process is that he does so out loud. She's been worse at that. I think Fauci's done a better job at not really, he's just staying kind of quiet and working. I think she should stay off the talk shows. (laughs) Yes, I think she probably should. Um, It has been, let's see, again, I don't know how long we've been cooped up. It's been six or seven weeks. So I'm I'm six or seven weeks without a haircut. Uh, Got a gray beard. Uh, I'm starting to look like a gray link from the Mod Squad. 
Cute. I think it's hot. You like you like, you like that look? You like you, that you idea? Like, you like dating yourself like that? Nice. nice <laughs> completely <friend>. dating. <laughs> completely. Well, when I think of the biggest afro that I can possibly think of, that that's what comes to mind. Is Link, <laughs> is Link from the Mod Squad. The, yeah, I have no I, idea what you're talking about, Brian. Yes. <laughs> it was, I only know the show from reruns. It's before my time as well. I know the show from reruns. But so it's been weeks since people have had haircuts, since he, people have been able to have their hair dyed and roots dyed and legs waxed and all of this kind of stuff. Would you, would you feel comfortable right now looking however it is that it is that you look? And I don't know how any of you look right now because I haven't seen you walking outside in public. Um, and I'll say without a mask so people can see what you look like. Would you have any problem looking the way you look right now, just walking outside and going about your business? I mean, honestly, it's been, and I mean this, it's been so long since I've put on a real pair of pants. I don't know if I could walk right away. That would be my <laughs> main concern. I'm in sweatpants too. I, I haven't put on a pair of slacks or jeans this entire time. I think that's going to be the big adjustment for me is that it's going to feel weird. Yeah, I mean, I've been walking outside with this terrible haircut. Maybe this is still dating myself, but don't you? Do you guys remember the very first Batman with Jack Nicholson, where they were um, all the makeup was contaminated, so there were those yes. scenes with the news anchors with no makeup and yes. bad hair. But we're yes. all looking like that, so I, I don't feel bad. I watched I, that movie with my son for the first time just last week, and oh, so wow. did I. Well, I watched that movie with my son for the first time just last week as well. He'd never seen that one, the the the, the Michael Keaton Batman. Uh, he was hilarious. Um, what I've forgotten how good it was. It really is. It holds up too. I, I was yes. I, I was concerned that it wasn't going to hold up, especially after the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight was such a good, you know, is the best Batman film ever. Um, one of the things I'm hearing from a lot of women is is that they're not wearing makeup anymore because they were putting on makeup and they go, "Well, why? I'm not leaving the house. Why am I making myself up?" So the fact that that we, you know, are not shaving and that we're walking around the house in sweatpants. <laughs> I mean, do we fix ourselves up for ourselves or are we fixing ourselves up for how other people are going to view us? I fix myself up so I don't scare my students because I'm doing some video conference <laughs> lessons that I don't want them to worry. If I don't put a little makeup on, I think they're afraid. I, I, I worry they'll think I'm sick. So, um, so yeah, I do a little of that just so other people don't worry about me. But I'm older than Irene, so I have an excuse. Uh, my early childhood was spent growing up on a hippie commune. So I feel like I'm going to go outside in another month, and it's going to be like walking into a giant version of Esalen. <laughs> Walking around with women with their their pit shaved. That's right. Without their pit shaved and their arms shaved. Uh let's see, a couple of, of, of non coronavirus things. Happy birthday to Willie Mays, who's eighty nine today on this wow. Wednesday record this. Eighty nine years old. He's one of he's on my list of people I, I, I have always wanted to meet, but he doesn't sure. do interviews. I've always wanted to meet him. And so maybe someday I'll get the opportunity. I wanted to meet him and I wanted to meet McCovey. McCovey, unfortunately, I missed. Um, the Supreme Court is going to hear two cases uh, today regarding faithless electors. Now, what faithless electors are, are members of the Electoral College who go rogue and vote against what their state voted for. 
and the Supreme Court is going to decide whether or not they're allowed to do that. Because as it stands right now, well, you know, if, if California votes for so-and-so, then so-and-so gets all the Electoral College votes for, for California. Um, but this would allow if California voted for somebody and there was an elector who didn't like who California voted for, they could cast the Electoral College vote for somebody else. So which way you think the Supreme Court should go? Well, personally, I think they need to get rid of the Electoral College, period. But just as it stands, which way do you think the court should go on this? I think, I mean, whoever the people voted for, I think they have to vote for that person. Yeah, it's weird that we even have just BS like this in our system at all. It's, I, and I don't know how we go about changing things like the Electoral College or, or things like representatives still going to these conventions and casting these votes, but this is such a silly thing for us to be doing at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, you'd think conservatives would want to get rid of the Electoral College because it has the word college in it. And there's something. (laughs) Well, that's the thing they're so scared of. They're scared of two things. One is that if they get rid of the Electoral College, you will not see a Republican president. If they allow people to vote. I mean, Trump even said it out loud why he doesn't want mail-in ballots. That is, yeah, you'll never see another Republican elected. So we've the only the only thing we can do is 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 voter suppression. Keep people from voting. People yeah, from that's voting. why you know a state like South Dakota, their what is it? Their Senate uh, senators represent something like one one hundredth of the number of votes that ours do. Oh, it's ridiculous. There are more people right here in my in my dining room than there are in South Dakota. <laughs> and, and yet South Dakota has the same clout in Washington that, 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 that I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. It needs to, to change. Yes. But it would take a constitutional amendment and you're not going to get enough states to go along with it because of the small because of the small states that don't want to give up their power and because of the red states that don't want to give up their well, power. power is based on slavery these the, the entire yeah. electoral college system yeah. is based on that when we finally got through the civil war part of the deal was the south was like look we can't just be ruled by you all of this time so they divvied up power in this ridiculous way that allowed southern states to maintain some sort of hold in the ongoing just yeah just yeah degradation of black people. Wait a minute. Do you mean to tell me that, that there was once racism in America? Yeah, Brian. I know you have to go outside in a minute, but... Um. <laughs> Hang on a second while I clutch my pearls. Yeah, it's all solved now, Brian. There's no more racism now. No. It's all done. Remember that when Obama got elected and people were actually saying racism is over? People were actually saying when Obama got elected that that's it. And that proves we are in a post-racial America. Just like we're in a post-sexist America. (laughs) Well, we'll see who who Biden picks as a running mate. Who do you think Biden should pick as a running mate, by the way? I'm I'm rooting for Stacey Abrams. Yes. That would be great. I don't think he'll do it, but I hope he does. They they say that Amy Klobuchar is the front runner. I you know he doesn't okay. need her to get the Bernie voters, but he does need Stacey Abrams or you know maybe Kamala. I mean that might get some of that you would know. Be great too. If, yeah, well, if you part. you put a black person on the ticket and black people will show up, black yeah. people will show. There's a story I tell um, my my daughters. Um, 
when when Obama first ran on election day in 2008, my daughter was signing in voters. Um, she was a senior in high school and wasn't old enough to vote, but she she signed in voters and checked them in, and they you know signed their name and get their ballot and so forth. And so she, she said, this guy came in, Af- older African American man. He was just kind of befuddled. Um, he was just confused, and and she kind of had to help him and you know get his act together. Uh, in terms of wasn't sure what to sign and, you know, wasn't holding the pen right. And and, and uh, finally he says, I have to apologize. My wife died 15 minutes ago. And, oh I'm, and, and I'm just leaving the hospital. And the last thing she said to me before she died was, you make sure you get your butt to the polls to vote for Obama. Wow. Mm-hmm. So she died, and that's the first thing. He immediately left the hospital, which was, you know, about five minutes from where the polling place was, and, and came to the polls to vote. It, it, that The black turnout was so much bigger for Obama than it was for Hillary Clinton because you put a black person on the ticket and black people will show up. Because of Biden's close association with Obama, do you think some of that will spill off for him? I think so. I think so. He has a very high approval rating among African-Americans. I think so. Um, but I still think he's better off going with Stacey Abrams because because Georgia's purple right now. Yeah. Georgia's a purple state, and Georgia has the possibility of going blue. And she won that election. Oh, yeah. I mean, she won that election against Kent. And that should be another thing. It should be illegal for you to be in charge of the election that you're in. Yes. Oh, yeah, that was ridiculous. I mean, he's a secretary of state and I don't need to recuse myself. I'll be fair. (laughs) His own election, his own election. It was, it was just, it was just crazy, but she won. She, I forgot that that's what happened now. Now that you said that again, I'm like pissed one more time (laughs) all over again. Well, see, I have to put myself, you know, um, uh, I'm on a diet as far as this stuff is concerned because it just makes me too crazy. It's yeah. like I, w- I watch Rachel Maddow for, at six o'clock, and then I will spend an hour looking at at what's in the news and going through my phone and just kind of checking up on the latest. Half hour, forty, uh, for, half hour to an hour, and that's it. Because otherwise, I had the TV on twenty four seven, and and there's literally something every couple three to five minutes that pisses me off mm-hmm. or upsets me. So I've got to go on a diet and they say for your mental health, that's what you need to do. You have to watch how much of this you're actually paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it'll make you crazy. All right. So we are at the end of the podcast. So so tell me what your song is. If if you had been in charge of the music when Trump visited the mask factory in Arizona yesterday and they played Live and Let Die, my, my choice would be Highway to Hell. <laughs> I was trying to think of you know, suicide songs or something. Um, but the only thing I could come up with was a uh, jumper by third eye blind. <laughs> I'll take that. Lauren. I'm going to totally date myself again, but I thought since Trump likes to do, you know, to trumpet himself as uh, having this great economy, the song, we'd like to thank you, Herbert Hoover from the musical Annie. <laughs> Plus, not only is it slamming him and comparing him to Herbert Hoover, he wouldn't get it. Which would make it even more fun. No, he wouldn't get it. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with the police's don't stand so close to me. 
<laughs> Perfect. Perfect. And can I also just chime in that if anybody needed a mask over his face just for everybody else's mental health, it's Trump. <laughs> Don't stand so close to me, Justin. Congratulations. You win. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Justin Lockwood, Lauren Mayer, Irene, too. Thanks for being on Copeland's Corner. It's always a pleasure. We'll talk to you real soon. Thanks, Brian. Always fun to be here. Thanks. Take care, everyone. Lots of you have been supporting the podcast over the course of the past five episodes. I'm getting all kinds of email. If you want to send me an email, send it to Brian Copeland show at Gmail. You can also go to BrianCopeland.com. Uh, people are asking how they can support the show. No, you don't need to send me money to support the show. If you want to support the show, real simple, go to iTunes or go to Spotify or go to the KGO Radio website and leave us a five-star review. And that helps people find the show. Uh, Copeland's Corner is produced by Jaron Williams. It's engineered today by Charlene Goto and Casey Copeland. Original music by the Tearaways. I will check you out, God willing, next Friday. Until then, be kind to your neighbor. He knows where you live.